Welcome to the Brandon and Carlos Show, where we challenge you to think freely and for yourself by having fun along the way. I am Brandon, and this is my co-host, Carlos. What's up, everybody? On today's show, we're going to talk about the music of the Civil Rights Movement. An artist's duty, as far as I'm concerned, is to reflect the times. Nina Simone. Music, to me, is like a thermometer. It measures the temperature of the surrounding environment. If the times are good, then you hear songs that are reflective of happiness. On the other hand, if the times are bad and gloomy, then music is produced to reflect those times as well. I will never forget my great-grandmother dying. That's the very first death that I can remember in my family. And being a child and having to hear the sad organ music that was playing during her funeral. I'll never forget that time. Mm. And it made such an impact on my life. Music is so powerful. And that's why we want to talk about it on today's show. Also, we have with us one of our brand new homies. We're just really uh, taken to all the guys and ladies at the radio station, man. They just made us feel at home. Um, but we have with us this morning uh, uh, Mr. Robert, and uh, we call him uh, Vinyl. Vinyl. Vinyl, <laughs> a.k.a. Southern Official. And you will understand why we call him that as we get into the show. Hey, guys, so let's get with it. So, uh, again, we're talking about civil rights music or the music of the civil rights movement, the soundtrack to the civil rights movement. First and foremost, the civil rights, the official civil rights movement, Started in 1954, ended in 1968. Now, of course, there were some things that led up to it. One of the things that led up to it uh, were the lynchings that were going on all over the South. So we're gonna we're gonna dive all the way in today. The first song that we're gonna play was a song that's a remake. Uh, it's called "Strange Fruit." Billy Holiday did it first. We're going to discuss the song, but we're going to play Nina Simone's version of it. And then we're going to discuss the song and where it came from and the lineage of the song. Strange Fruit, Nina Simone. Southern trees Barren strange fruit Blood on the leaves And blood at the roots Black bodies Swinging in the southern breeze Strange fruit Hanging From the poplar trees Pastoral scene of the gallant South. Them big bulging eyes and the twisted mouth. 
That was Strange Fruit, uh, sung by Nina Simone. J. Thomas Shipp and Abraham S. Smith were young African-American men who were murdered in a spectacle lynching by a mob of thousands on August the 7th, 1930 in Marion, Indiana. They were taken from jail cells, beaten, hanged from a tree in the county courthouse square. They had been arrested that night as suspects in a robbery, murder, and rape case. A third African-American suspect, 16-year-old James Cameron, had also been arrested and narrowly escaped being killed by the mob. An unknown woman and local sports hero intervened, and he was returned to his cell. Cameron later um, stated that Ship and Smith had committed the murder, but they had run away. That, but excuse me, that he had run away before the event. So he, uh, Cameron, he eventually got out of it, getting hanged. But what happened was when these young men were hanged, there was a photographer who captured um, the lynching, mm-hmm. and he. I mean, it, if you could go viral in that day, yeah, uh, that picture went viral, um, or their version of viral. And then there happened to be a school teacher who saw the picture, a Jewish school teacher. His name was Abel Maripol mm-hmm. from New York City. And he wrote a poem entitled Bitter Fruit. But then he later changed it to Strange Fruit and put music to it. 
And Billie Holiday picked up singing that song, and she sang it every night. Lady who sings the blues. And she closed her shows out by singing Strange Fruit. But did you hear the words? Yes. Yeah. Uh, every time I listen to Strange Fruit, especially in this climate, I cry. Like, I'm a 39-year-old man, and I have been crying almost every single day by some bullcrap that I see on Facebook or, you know, some racist comment. And I'm reminded of how our grandparents were treated and how our uncles and grandmothers, etc., were treated. But the music, it is the thermometer of the times, as I said in our introduction. Think about what was going on during those times. Let, let me make it more real for you. You don't even have to think about what's going, what was going on during those times. There have been six lynchings over the last two weeks. That's Black true. folk being That's hung true. from trees. That's true. And let me and let me and let me say this. First and foremost, no black person is going to hang themselves to commit suicide. So we can stop that rhetoric. We can stop that ignorant talk that they're committing suicide. Death by death by hanging is one of the most excruciating deaths. Right. Painful, slow. Because you suffocate. Because yeah. you're suffocating. No black person is is committing suicide during this. They are still lynching us, and it's 2020. That's a good point. I forgotten. I had forgotten all about those uh, hangings. Yeah. Um, the first. Let's let's talk about the lyrics. Southern trees bear a strange fruit. Blood. You know the crazy thing about it is Indiana isn't even in the South. Indiana's Midwest. I'm from Indiana. Marion, Indiana is ex- actually one hour from Indianapolis. Wow. Now, mind you, it was happening a lot more in the South. Wow. It was happening a lot. We're in we're in Pensacola, Florida. If you actually look at history, Florida actually has the most lynchings in the country. Oh wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, you would think it's Mississippi or maybe even Alabama, but it's actually Florida. Wow. Now, I can understand it because Florida is the biggest state down here. But when you get to thinking about it, it's crazy that we actually live in the state that has the most lynchings. And it's would it be in 2020? I remember when I first moved down here. I'm, I'm going to tell the story about when I first moved down here about a year ago, real quick. From Indianapolis to Pensacola, it's almost a straight line, straight down 65. And I think by the time, right before you get to Mobile, you kind of veer off the 65 and then you come into Pensacola. When I was making the trip, you go straight down Alabama. Alabama's literally half the trip. I couldn't understand why I knew every single city in Alabama as I was going down there, like every single major city in Alabama. I couldn't understand it because I'm like, none of these cities have sports teams. You know, none of these cities are, you know, main, like, big cities like New York or Atlanta or, you know, Chicago. I'm like, why do I know Selma? Why do I know Montgomery? Why do I know Mobile? No, why do I know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, why do I know this? And it dawned on me, I know it because of the Civil Rights Movement. They killed 
people and turned water hoses and dogs and lynched folk in these towns. Yeah. Right. That's why I knew it. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. This is crazy. And then we still have towns here in here in Florida that as soon as I got here, they say, listen, it's we know it's night, you know, 2019, 2018, now it's 2020. There are towns that you still can't go in. Yeah, don't go around now. Go on now. Get. Like Jay. I'm yeah. just gonna say it. Jay. They they let it be known. If you go to Jay, Florida, you better get out before the sun goes down because it's a chance you might not come out alive in 2020. Wow. So let's talk about these lyrics. Yeah. Southern trees bear a strange fruit. Blood on the leaves and blood at the root. Mm. Black bodies swinging in the southern breeze. Strange fruit hanging from poplar trees. Pastoral scene of the gallant south. And this is what really got me. The bulging eyes in the twisted mouth. Scent of magnolia, sweet and fresh. Then the sudden smell of burning flesh. Here is a fruit for the crows to pluck. For the rain to gather. For the wind to suck. For the sun to rot. For the tree to drop. Here is a strange and bitter crop. Strange fruit. So you know what that what that says to me? I, I don't know if it's uh, I don't know if everybody sees it this way, but I see that as a direct. I guess you could say slap in the face, because it shows you that we're gonna do this and we're gonna leave it out for you to see it. Oh yeah. So for most of that stuff to happen, it, you know, you have to let a body sit there for a while before it starts to smell and. Right for the, I mean that that's a a declaration of hey this is where I stand, I want you to see it, I ain't changing. It, it was a pu- it was a public shaming. Yeah, because they were hung up there naked. And even postcards. Postcards. Do y'all remember the the postcards were sent? Yes. Around like that's how they sent mail. Like hey, check this out. By the way, look at what we did. Right. How's your morning? Right. Ah, that's kind of crazy. Because rem- okay, most of us in here. We were we were born before the, the advent of what is t- now known as the internet today, so we understand about writing letters. Mm-hmm. That was that was that was communication, yep. snail mail. That was the only way we had to communicate, other than the telephone. Mm-hmm. They literally wrote and had postcards of black bodies right. hanging from the trees, like this was their way of communication mm-hmm. and as I began to dig a little deeper like these like the, the traveling fairs yep. yeah. people don't know that the traveling fairs were actually instead of you know whack-a-mole it was a whack-a-black baby yep. mm-hmm. they were taking literal mallet hammers and hitting black babies in the head killing them mm-hmm. instead of throwing at targets baseballs they were throwing at black babies, trying to see how hard they can throw the baseball, and if they could kill them on one on one pitch. So now let's let, let's do some math, right? Mm-hmm. What year you say? What what year would you say this was in? Let's just let's just do some just basic math. Nineteen. 
Twenties, and thirties, right? Right. So who's playing these games? Little kids, right? Exactly. So they were what? I don't know. Seven or eight. Yeah. So if there were seven or eight playing these games, that means they're being taught that add on about sixty years. Mm-hmm. That's about what this person probably passed away like in the eighties and nineties, right? right? Right. So that means that we had the privilege and pleasure of most likely meeting these same people because we were all born in the eighties. Right. So their offspring grew up with us. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's that's true. So when you hear and I don't know how often you hear this, but when I hear someone that says, It was so long ago, what is the problem? Forget about it. It wasn't that it long wasn't. ago. It wasn't. It was one literally one, two generations ago. Because yeah. my mother, my mother is sixty. She was born in nineteen sixty. She's sixty. I'm mom. You gonna get in trouble? My mom was beautiful. Whatever. Your mom's be watching. Right. But you can't be telling people your mama age. What? Whatever. She proud of that. <laughs> your real mom's proud. watching right now? She's not on Facebook, but I'm sure she's listening. Listening. Okay. So, um, she was born during the Civil Rights Movement. There's pictures of her holding her little picket sign. Wow. Out there picketing. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's Tennessee and then some in California. Mm-hmm. That's one generation for me. Yeah. So, my grandparents... Who are also listening? Hop pop. My grandmother just passed away. R.I.P. to her. Lover. Pepper Hooks. Right. Rest in power. Yeah. Rest in power. That's two generations. They were on the front lines of the civil rights movement. Right. So in the midst of that, because mind you, my grandmother was born in Mississippi, up in Clarksdale, in that area. They moved up north. Mm-hmm. The Great Migration. So she, well, even though she was little, she was around that type of mess all the time. Right. Like that was a way of life. Like it's and like you said, for for a body to to stink and decompose, it has to be up there for a while. So they left these bodies up there as as basically to say, don't get out of line. You get out of line, we're gonna put you in the same position. Which is what a lot of people do in war. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's I just want to give some shout outs. Uh, shout out to Pastor Marcel Davis, our uh, thug pastor. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Michael Lewis, uh, one of my good friends. Uh, Lydia Gardner, uh, my beautiful wife, Karen, is watching. Um, and if you're in the comments, just say hi so we can give you a shout out. What's okay? up, Cousin Joel? What's up, man? How you doing? Did you listen to my show yesterday? That was all, you know, that was for you. It's Golden Age Hip Hop, man. You literally just had a conversation on a radio station. I did. With somebody else. I did. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that's what you call interaction with the fan. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So, what's the next song, buddy? Next song. Uh, let's let's go Sam. Let's well, we're not ready for a break yet. Let's go Sam Cook. Change going to come. Okay. Sam Cook. What we're doing today, if you just tuned in, we are talking about the music from the civil rights movement. Please share. Share, share, share. We're going to take a a listen to a change is going to come. Was born by the river 
Sam Cooke's A Change Is Gonna Come. A Change Is Gonna Come is a song by American uh, recording artist Sam Cooke. It initially appeared on Cooke's album Ain't That Good News, released mid-February 1964 by RCA Victor. A slightly edited version of the recording was released as a single on December the 22nd, 1964, produced by Hugo and Luigi? Luigi? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. He's probably dead anyway. But and arranged wow. and conducted wow. by wow. Renee Hall. The song was the B side to Shake. I think everybody knows a change is going to come. Man, that is a very very That's very like, popular song. Shout out to Pastor Larry Watson. Thanks for tuning in. What? Thanks for tuning in. A change is going to come. I mean, that is the. I mean, wow, that song is. It's a powerful song and it's powerful a B side. Like that's the crazy part. It's a B side. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I didn't know it's a B side. Yeah, I didn't know that until you until you just said that. No clue. Yeah. But that is amazing that that was a B side. Yeah. 
Man, look, that song. I had heard it before. Right. The Malcolm X movie. Mm-hmm. But it really stuck out in the Michael in the Malcolm X movie. It did. Like when he was in that car, and you just and you knew because you know the history of what happened. Yeah. And you see him driving. Yeah. And yeah. you hear that song, and you're just like, dang. Yeah. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. And it was so powerful, man. Because he still he was like, hey, you know what? Change. I'm 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 going to impose change by my sacrifice. Yeah, that's what I think about when I hear it. I don't. Right. I don't know. It is such a. The song is Sam Cooke's tone and richness of his voice. Mm-hmm. You can tell that he was really wasn't a song that he was just singing. Mm-hmm. That resonated within him. Yeah. And when you hear it, and you hear the string arrangements behind it, you're just like, wow. Yep. It puts you in that moment. The strings are everything on that song. Yeah. Yeah. It puts you in the moment. And you're just like, man, this is amazing. And it 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 invokes so much so many different so many different feelings. Feelings. Thank you. So many different feelings. One of we know a change is gonna come. We know that a change must come. But by the same time, it's like, man, this is crazy that we gotta do this all over again. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All over, all over. You know, that was nineteen sixty four. Nineteen sixty four, man. And that's and that's kind of a, it's kind of depressing. Very. It is. It's like, man, we did all this, lost all these great people, to go so far, right. but not to really get anywhere. Man, you saying? Come something. on, man. Say you that hear, again. Like that's crazy. We come it? so far. That's crazy. But not to get anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's it, crazy. It's, it's crazy. Wow. It really is. It is. To our Facebook watchers, thank you for tuning in. Would you please hit that share button, please? Famous bird. Also, we want to send some positive vibes this morning because we need it. If you don't mind, hit the love button, just the heart button. It doesn't cost you a dime to do it, and you can do it as many times as you want. You know you know how us black people are. We love. Love on uh, each other. Yeah, we love uh, amens, you know. Amen. <laughs> so that that's how you say amen to us. Send those hearts. And I see them coming. Thank you. Send those hearts. Indeed. indeed. But we're, we were talking about the string section on that song. I love strings. And it, it makes me, <laughs> you know, on church, you know, we're both musicians. But um, every Sunday at church, <laughs> man, leave that right there. I be playing the strings like I just have a. A natural infinity or affection for strings, like the banjo. No, 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 like the violin and the, I don't oh, play the okay. banjo cello, cello or bass. What that just, <laughs> I, you know, viola. I, I'm not a musician, I so I have to ask. You yeah, know. yeah. I, I have to, you know. Yeah, man. We, uh, but strings um, are everything. Let me give you a little bit of background to the song too. Uh, on uh, October the eighth, nineteen sixty-three. En route to Shreveport, Louisiana, Cook called ahead to Holiday Inn um, North to make reservation for his wife, Barbara, and himself. Who is Barbara? I don't even know who Barbara is. Um, who Barbara is? <laughs> no, do you? No. Hello, Barbara. Okay, well. <laughs> but this, when he. Hold on, what was that song? Hello, Barbara. This is. That's not what it's talking about. <laughs> oh, but yeah. When, <laughs> can I read my speech? But when he and his group arrived, the desk clerk glanced nervously and explained that there were no vacancies. While his brother Charles protested, Sam was furious, yelling, and we're talking about Sam Cook, 
yelling to the manager and refusing. I can see him in my mind's eye, too, yelling at that man. man. Uh, refusing to leave until he received an answer. His wife nudged him, attempting to calm him down, telling him, they're going to kill you. Did they say it that way? I wonder. Uh, to which he responded, they ain't going to kill me because I'm Sam Cook. <laughs> when they eventually persuaded Cook to leave, the group drove away, calling out insults and blaring their horns. When they arrived at the Castle Motel on uh, Sprague Street downtown, the police were waiting for them, arresting them for disturbing the peace. Man, mm. it just doesn't stop, does it? DTP. The, the New York Times ran a UPI report the next day, headline, Negro band leader held in Shreveport, but American African Americans were outraged. In 2019, then Shreveport Mayor Adrian Perkins apologized to the Cook family for that event. Posthum, how you say that? Posthumously, you know, after you posthumously, posthumously, however you say it, posthumously, <laughs> awarded Cook the key to the city. Now this man is dead, and they gave him the key to the city. Yes, um, but. Can you imagine that happening? And then he pinned those significant lines. Listen about a change is going to come. Listen, I mean, again, that type of stuff was all over the place. Mm-hmm. All over the place. You had colored water fountains. Blacks had to use the back of every you know every establishment they went to. We went in through the back door. Well, what's in the what's by the back door? The right. trash, right? And celebrities, all the stuff you all the stuff you don't want to be around. That's right. And celebrities had to go through the back door. Yes, yeah. Ray Charles. Yes, you know Billy Holiday. Billy Holiday. Lisa Simone. Sam Cooke. Have y'all seen the Green Book? No, no. Yeah, you need to watch the Green Book. Okay. So, okay. are you familiar with the significance of the of the Green Book? No, sir. So, traveling while black, back in the 50s, 60s, those times, right there. There was a green book mm. that all black people had to have because it showed every state where you could stop, who would actually patronize you. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, I have the green book, actually. I actually have a copy of the green book. Wow. Yeah, it was part, Bring of, my, it to next week's part, show. part of my collection. Y'all have to remind Please, me. Y'all, y'all know how bad I am with remembering um, things. Which, <laughs> I remember when I get here. Okay. Which next week's show is going to be about uh, the civil rights movement itself. Um but today we're just talking about the music from that time. Yeah, please remind me, man. I think you guys would would like it. There's actually a place here in Pensacola wow. um, that actually had a hotel that will patronize blacks, and it's uh, it's pretty powerful looking at it because we were so limited at that time, yeah. what we could and couldn't do, and it's it's crazy. Yeah, and to, I knew there had to be something like that. Mm-hmm. It had to be because. You run the risk of going to the wrong establishment and not making it home. Yep. That was their blackplanet.com. The green book. Really? <laughs> it was more like a, you know. It was really more like tri- a. Trivago? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> it was like Trivago, you know. Yeah. Expedia. Yeah. Listen, but on, on a real note, we, to, to know that that was just, again, 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's crazy. Yep. Because all of us, all of us in here are in our mid thirties or late thirties. I'm 22. <laughs> the lies we tell. <laughs> the lies we tell. Oh well, I tried. But to know that that's just one generation removed. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That is. So that means my mother and daddy remember this. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. 
Did you know A Change Is Gonna Come was featured in Spike Lee uh, directed movie Malcolm X mm-hmm. for the scene yes. near the end in which Malcolm X played by Denzel Washington walks into the ballroom where he was about to be assassinated. I, I could have I could have sworn yeah, our, our good buddy Southern official just alluded nah, to nah, that. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds it's, it sounds more eloquent, you know, because you put it together a lot better than oh, I did. Oh no, listen, you know, what I mean, change is gonna come. That's how yeah. we do it, man. We 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 uplift each other. Yes, man. that's we, right. You know, and re highlight stuff. That, that's how we're. That, that's what we're missing in today's in our community. That's true. We don't we don't highlight. We don't give ups. Big up, big up. You know Beyonce sang the song as well. Okay, she okay. You shouldn't have said that. Yeah. She just what is it? What's the song? Change is gonna come. No, the song she redid, Franklin Beverly Made. What is I it? like that that she did that little beat. No, it's it's dope. But I'm yeah. like, come on, man. Is nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's dope. Which you're probably gonna hear on the. Sh- but yeah, but um, mm. but yeah, we're but yeah, <laughs> it's cool. But I'm just like, come on, man. Let's let's let, let's let it go. Yeah. Re- when you redo a song, sometimes. Is people don't do it justice, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but you know, Nina Simone redid the Billie Holiday "Strange Fruit," yeah. so I think she did a great job. She did. Yeah, she did. She did. So she did sometimes it, it works and sometimes it doesn't. Nina, true. What's true, the true. song that someone did redid that you just wasn't really feeling? Uh, I can't think of one. I can't think of one off top. Yeah, it, that that'd be hard just because if I listened to it, I mean, I probably liked it. Right. And if I didn't like the first 10 seconds, yep. yeah. Man, you know what? Usually, usually I try to give you the intro. If the intro doesn't pull me in, yeah, it's, yeah. It's no need for me to even try. Exactly. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about the music from the civil rights movement. Um, I want to let you all know we're going to be opening up the phone lines real soon to where you can call in. Um, you might just need a vent. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we are, li- if you're black right now, well, I guess you've always been black, but <laughs> if you're black right. in this climate, you need to get some stuff off your chest. Uh, yeah, and do that. So we're going to open up the uh, phone lines right after this break. Uh, we're going to go to Nina Simone, Mississippi Goddamn. Ooh! It's Mississippi Goddamn. M-I, crickler, the crickler, the I, crickler, the crickler, the I. Hump back, hump back. We'll see you in a few moments. You love, and of course, a couple of years ago, four little girls were killed in Alabama. And at that time, we got the inspiration to do this song. But Dr. King's murder has left me so numb I don't know where I'm at, really And of course you heard this song That was composed by Gene Taylor Especially for today But I hope that we now and the end of the year it'll all be together enough that we will have songs that go down in history for these wonderful brave people who are no longer with us 
Alabama's got me so upset Tennessee made me lose my rest Everybody knows about Mississippi God damn Alabama's got me so upset Lurleen Wallace has made me lose my rest Everybody knows about Mississippi God damn Can't you see it? I know you can feel it It's all in the air I can't stand the pressure much longer Somebody say a prayer Alabama has got me so upset And Memphis has made me lose my rest Everybody knows about Mississippi God Hound dogs on my trail Little school children sitting in jail Black cat crossed my path I think every day's gonna be my last Lord have mercy on this land of mine We all gonna get it in due time Cause I don't belong here, I don't belong there I've even stopped believing in prayer I've been there, so I know you keep on saying go slow. Well, that's just the trouble. Washing the windows. Picking the cotton. Nothing but rotten. Too damn lazy. Thinking's crazy. Try to do my very best Stand up, be counted with all the rest Cause everybody knows about Mississippi God damn Now you heard him He's one of you If you have been moved at all And you know my songs at all For God's sakes, join me Don't sit back there The time is too late now. Good God. You know, the king is dead. The king of love is dead. I ain't about to be non-violent, honey. Oh, oh. oh no. Picket lines, school boycotts. They try to say it's a communist plot, but all I want is equality for my sister, my brother, my people, and me. And I loved him because he believed it. He lived by it. But you lied to me all the years You told me to wash and clean my ears And talk real fine just like a lady And you stopped calling my mama Aunt Sadie 
Mississippi Goddamn. Mississippi Goddamn is a song written and performed by American singer and pianist Nina Simone, who later announced the anthem to be her first civil rights song. It was released on her album Nina Simone in concert in 1964. The album was based on recordings of three concerts she gave at Carnegie Hall. In 1964, Carnegie Hall. The album was first, excuse me, the album was her first release for the Dutch label Philips Records, and it is indicative um, or indicative of the more political turn her recorded music took during the period. Simone composed Mississippi Goddamn in less than an hour, together with four women and to be young, gifted in black. It is one of her most famous protest songs and self-written compositions. In 2019, Mississippi Goddamn was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Recording Registry for being culturally and historically or aesthetically significant. That's Mississippi Goddamn. So check this out. Before we jump into it, we got Miss Sheila in here. Sheila B! Sheila B! Uh-uh. Let's go say hi. Fine. Thank y'all. Oh, oh, wow. She ain't even, she ain't even gonna jump on. She is like Russell wow. Simmons. Hey, y'all, have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, she just dropped some videos by. We, uh, it, it was Robert's idea. He said that since we're talking about music uh, from the civil rights, um, we should have some food to go along with it. You yeah. know, kind of like soul food. And so Sheila, oh, it smells good. She mm-hmm. cooked some catfish and some grits. Now, I'm from Tennessee, and I put sugar in my grits. And I don't understand why people in Florida don't understand that sugar goes in grits. It doesn't, man. That's just it cream is. of wheat. Yeah, that's cream I'm from of Indiana, wheat. bro. That, no. yeah. And it's not people in Florida. It's people in the right mind. <laughs> <laughs> right state of mind, yes. <laughs> do you put sugar in your grits, Facebook? If you do, comment. Listen, we're about to open up the phone lines. The phone number to call in is 850-221-0396. 850-221-0396. Go ahead and give us a call. What are you calling for? Well, just tell us what's on your mind. We're opening up the phone lines for so you can vent. And to get back to Mississippi Goddamn, she wrote Mississippi Goddamn after one of the events in Mississippi. And everybody knows the history of Mississippi. And Mississippi was basically the front 
you know, runner of the state who was just extremely racist. And she mentioned she mentioned the states that were right there with them, Tennessee and Alabama. He's from he's from Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. So it's it's crazy how every state that we're from has racist. has <laughs> racist 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 has, racist, a, very racist, big, racist. has a very big you know racist contingent. Think, you know we're in L.A. right? L.A. Lower Alabama. Oh yeah, you say Lower Alabama. Yeah. yeah, man. Hey, but do is there a state that's not racist though? Or maybe Alaska. They're probably not. I mean, they got man. It's everywhere, bro. Polar bears. They're not gonna be racist. So I got one thing to say. This kind of. It was a comment on um, my timeline. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Mr. Bill Marshall wanted to say uh, congratulations on the new show. Oh, thank wow. You. Thank, thank you, you, Mr. Bill. Thank you, Bill. Wow. That. The way you said that no. made Bill seem old as hell. Well, he's older than me. <laughs> hey, Mr. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe in showing respect. Facts. Okay. No. I, I, just call him B.I. Okay. I think that would be you call him Mr. Bill. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave it alone. Silly thanks, man. thanks for the congratulatory comments. <laughs> Phone lines are open. 850-221-0396. 850-221-0396. Give us a call so you can get something off your chest. Just call in the vent. If, so, you, if you black right now, you should need a platform. Let's event. go ahead and play another song. We're going we to go to a little jazz. You're just trying to eat. Oh, yeah, it is a good time to eat. Yeah, it is a good time to eat. (laughs) We're going to go into a little jazz. We're going to play John Coltrane, Alabama, and we're going to give you the history of this one. Uh, Real quick, just real quick um, about the song. John Coltrane is a famous, very famous jazz musician. Yes. Alabama was written about uh, the bombing of the the church and the four babies dying. So uh, without further ado, this is Alabama by John Coltrane.
back that was john coltrane alabama martin luther king said that jazz was the soundtrack to the movement to the civil rights movement and he said that because jazz has an air of unpredictability but also improvisation and as you were listening to that song, it invoked a lot of different feelings. You can tell I was a very melancholy jazz jazz uh, song. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Wow. wow, what's up, V? For y'all that are listening, um, v one just, of my homies just walked in. V. Fishing grits. Fishing grits. But uh, getting back to the song, you can hear the melancholy. You can hear the distress in the horn. Uh, John Coltrane, like I said, wrote Alabama after the 16th Street Baptist Church bombing that killed four black girls in 1963. The instrumental utilizes jazz as the aesthetics to invoke the anger and sadness over the senseless killing in a way that perhaps no other lyric could really convey. Coltrane also reportedly used cadences from Martin Luther King's eulogy in the song. Wow. That just, again, speaks to... Um, the improvisation and being able to invoke feelings just through song. That's right. And it, again, it was amazing. Like when I heard it, I was just like, wow, because I, I thought about the event that took place. Now think about going to your place of worship and you are there for Sunday school and somebody throws a Molotov cocktail through the window and that's how you die. Man, have you been to the church? Actually, I have not. No, my daddy, um, he took us to as many uh, black, you know, um, historical places that he could. Mm -hmm. And I can remember going there and he taught us about it. And that, I think that's what we have to do as parents, especially in this day and age, because they don't learn about it much in school. Right. But my daddy, he wasn't waiting on the school to teach us about civil rights. He taught us himself uh, mm -hmm. by taking us to the different places. Uh, but I went, man, and you know how when you walked in our church, the old church, for the first time, yeah. and you smelt it, yeah. it smelt like slavery. Yeah, it, it smelled like. I mean, I don't know what slavery. It, it, it smelled like. like it, it smelled it like nostalgia, that, and, nostalgia and just old. Yeah, yeah. But that's how that church smelled, and man, and it's still there. It, it, yeah, go visit it it's in Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Birmingham, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Listen, we're eating fish and grits because, hey. It's a southern delicacy. It's a southern delicacy. We're talking about 
the music from the civil rights movement, and Robert thought it would be great to have a a meal to go along with it. And I'm glad you did because yeah. this is good. Man, I mean, when you put a foot in this, yeah, we, we're eating. Uh, for those that are listening on the radio, we're eating catfish grits and cheddar biscuits. And I didn't put sugar in my grits this time because she seasoned the grits. You didn't have to. Very well. I mean, she did. I put a little cheese in it. Yeah, you definitely put cheese in it. But, but I assure you that sugar does go in grits. If you agree with me, hit that heart button because sugar does go in grits. The phone lines are open. Call in. What are you calling in about? Well, I'm glad you asked. You need to vent. If you are black right now, you need to vent. Get it off your chest. Waking up every morning seeing something else, um, you know, going on this against us. Our, our number is 850-221-0396, 850-221-0396. We haven't got one call yet. If y'all don't call us, we're going to call you. And I know the first person. Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. I don't think I want these gentlemen to call y'all. But um, I, I did want to say something. Um, mm-hmm. So the significance of the food. Yes. Was after church service. And this is kind of like the same thing now. After church service, you would get a lot of people that would go and have um, the sisters and brothers of the church would cook. And that's where a lot of those meetings, which held so much weight in the community, were held. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, you know, that's where we would we would have that chance to gather at times when we have food because we saw in the past that if we just get together have a meeting we're doing something wrong and i'm air quoting the hell out of that by the way Mm -hmm. we're doing something wrong right but if you look at it i guess if you want to look at it in the sense of how other people probably looked at it oh it's just a bunch of black folks getting together barbecue and eating Mm -hmm. but little did they know there was something hid underneath that it's kind of like how you know, in the fields, they were singing the songs. They were singing songs. Yep. And it was a way to say, hey, look, first off, keep your spirits up. Right. But second off, if you listen, we're going to give you the map of the road to get freedom. up out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so food has always been a way to escape, to survive, to yeah. inform. Yeah. And. I mean, for y'all right now, man, I mean, y'all are really getting a piece of, and I'm not saying to say this isn't the first time, but you're really getting a piece of the Southern flavor. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's crazy. But if to be, to be African-American or black in, in America, our food is soul food. And everybody knows that originated in the South. One of the main reasons, because we have to understand that all of us came from down this way and mm-hmm. then we migrated up north. Mm-hmm. But the thing about that I love about being black is we have our own delicacies and our own thing. But black folk have always branched outside of, as far as food is concerned, always branched outside of just soul food. Yeah, We're probably the only people who eat Mediterranean, mm-hmm. Hispanic, Asian culture. But I wonder, do the other cultures really, you know, in, in in indulge in soul food. Like I know that they do. White white people do. I know white folk do. Yeah, so, because um, so I can tell you from a standpoint of my wife is Filipino, mm-hmm. and surprisingly, her mom is Filipino. Isn't that crazy how that works? So naturally, so I know during Thanksgiving, 
you know, normally in a black household, you would have, you know, your, tur- your turkey, fried turkey, all those good things. Right. But you would also have greens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can honestly say my my mother-in-law makes pretty good greens, man. Like, I don't say wow. that. I don't say that lightly. Mm. Well, like, you know what? And it's interesting you said <laughs> that because there was a, a, a Filipino a restaurant back home in mm-hmm. uh, Tennessee. And they called it Philippine Connection. Mm-hmm. And the lady was married to a black guy. Yep. And when I say she could cook soul food, but and she put that Filipino twist on it, mm-hmm. God. Because my mother-in-law is married to a black guy also. Yeah. Maybe that has a... <laughs> Maybe that's just... <laughs> but you know what? We're going to do a show on soul food. I just felt led by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> It's the Holy Spirit. It was, it was just the fact that you want to eat. So you know, in other how, words, that's how church people. Oh, that's Lord. how church people do. That's how like, I feel led uh, by the Holy Spirit. Boy, but I tell uh, you, what. I mean, we should do. You know, that'd be a good thing, and maybe um, we can. It is go definitely to a part kitchen, of our history. Go to a kitchen and no, we ain't gonna cook. We can have a cook off one day. You though. know what? You 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 guys should probably link up with the Hunger Brothers. Okay. The Hunger Brothers, they are food critics around here, and they really can probably tell you like. That's the what's up. Best places to eat. As a matter of fact, um, on the show today, um, on Saturdays, Frank, mm-hmm. Frank is part of the Hunger Brothers. Okay. Oh wow! Okay. So those guys are everywhere when it comes to food. So they probably can point you in the direction of some solely other foodists. Yeah. I tell you what. Highest. Again, I've been down here in Pensacola for right about a year and a half now, and they have some great. Food places around here, Blue nice little, nice little hole in the wall spots, but they are good. I'm like, yo, Blue Dot, yeah. You like Blue Dot? Never ask for cheese. I never. <laughs> you better have cheese in your pocket. Why? <laughs> Why? It's left over from the Civil Rights Movement or something. Um, it's probably been there. No, no, no. The, you just you'd be slapping them in the face. Like most time, you don't even need cheese. Oh wow! Like the burgers are that good. I mm. never had Blue Dot. You never had Blue Dot? No. Your life has not started. I've, I've eaten tops. Is that no. the name of Tops? Tops? Yeah, it is, but no. Yeah, no, nah, Tops. Tops is all right. Get you a Blue Dot Burger. You're going to come in here talking like this. Because <laughs> you're going to hit food puberty. <laughs> wow. We are eating fish and grits and cheddar biscuits. Call in the phone. Listen, I done said it once. <laughs> 850 221 On our last show, uh, Nick called in. Is that his name? Wide Nick. I, did you hear that when I, he called in? Yeah, he, yeah, I was his, here. He had some uh, lady send me uh, a message on Facebook and said, Nick wants to be on the show. And I was like, who, who the hell Nick? is Nick? <laughs> and uh, she said, you know Look, who he when is. you hear Nick and you're a marching band person, you'll be like, is that the song? What yeah. are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> and so, so and she, and then he messaged me. He said, like, it's like he was Debo with me, man. Like, I didn't hey. know who he was, and then he sent me his mug shot. And I was like, oh, I know you. I know that, Joker. Yeah. <laughs> why am I talking about that? I don't know. but Man, I don't just, know why you went there. That was I know random. why. It's because you want people to call in at 850 That's right, because he called in. Because guess what? I got somebody on speed dial right now. I'm need, about ready. Yeah, because we want we want to talk, man. So let's go, ahead, let's go ahead and go to another song. Let's go to Curtis Mayfield and the Impressions. People get ready. Get ready. Curtis Mayfield. That's Get a bad boy. Ready. Man. Yes, he is. Hey, do y'all like his glasses? Y'all know them glasses on, on Superfly? Yeah. yeah. Some dope ass glasses, yo. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That was Curtis Mayfield and the Impressions. People get ready. Very, very, very famous song that was also written during this time frame. Um, do you have some of the information behind it? Uh, I can look it up real quick. All right, I- yeah, look up, look up some of the information behind it. But that that is a a, a very, very, very popular song, especially in church. A lot of people don't know. You know, that's where Curtis Mayfield really started. Uh, you know, before he, you know, branched out on his own and in the 70s just really took off uh, as, you know, uh, a soul soul singer. I want you all to know that uh, Curtis, not Curtis, Carlos, <laughs> picked out all of these songs um, for the show. He he did an amazing job. He sent me what he was going to do, but I really didn't look at it because I wanted to be surprised. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. Because... Um, I wanted to have my list of songs and see if they matched up, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting because you picked some songs that I didn't even think about picking. Oh, wow. uh, good job on this. But People Get Ready is a 1965 single by The Impressions and the title track from the People Get Ready album. The single is the group's best-known hit, uh, reaching number three on the Billboard R&B chart and number 14 on the Billboard Pop chart. The gospel influence track was a Curtis Mayfield composition that displayed the growing sense of social and political awareness in his writing. Rolling Stone magazine named People Get Ready the 24th greatest song of all time and also placed it number 20 on their list of the 100 greatest guitar tracks. 
The song was included in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, a 500 song that shaped rock and roll. People Get Ready was named as one of the top 10 best songs of all time by Mojo Music Magazine and was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1998. In 2015, the song was selected for preservation in the National Recording Registry due to its cultural, historic, or artistic significance. Martin Luther King Jr. named the song the unofficial anthem of the Civil Rights Movement. That's dope. I didn't know that. That is And dope. often used that song to get people marching or to calm them or comfort them. Martin Luther King and others, they really used music for the movement. You yeah. know, um, and I was thinking about that earlier. Perhaps, I mean, and I think they're doing it now in Pensacola. Uh, what's his name? Um, Caleb and uh, the Kyle Project. Kyle Project. You know, they're playing music. You yeah, know, they're playing and, a lot of gospel music. And, and if if anyone's listening, uh, just a suggestion. I know you're playing gospel music. I haven't been down there lately, but perhaps you might want to, you know, do some of these songs that we're mentioning today. Because they stirred up the people, they 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 got people uh, ready for the protest. Yeah, you yeah. know, not yeah. saying I'm not criticizing what you all are doing, um, but these songs have blood on them. You know, metaphorically, these songs have a spirit on them that would help. You know, your movement. Do y'all get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. yeah. These, these songs have, have history. The anointing. <laughs> there you go again. Yeah, no, I can't help. I'm in church. Dude. We're church boys. It, 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 it will come out somehow, some way. Somehow. Yeah, I've uh, been doing good today, right? Huh? I've been doing good today. You have. I yeah. think it's just because it's morning. No. By the time 3 o'clock roll around, you'll be like, mm. <laughs> nah, but for real. Um, again, that song. Again, you saw the history. You heard the history of the song. It, it is one of the greatest songs ever written. And again, when when I heard the song and I looked at it, and I was just like, "Oh wow, that was written during that time." When I, I, you know, when you when you're young and you hear a song, you don't really hear the significance or the metaphors or what it really means mm-hmm. until you get a little older, and then you get to the understanding, the artist, what he's really trying to say and convey behind the song. People get ready. There's a change. There's a change coming. You don't need no ticket. Just get on board. Like, listen. You hear those words, and you understand what it was used for and what they were trying to do, it becomes that much more significant. And then, not only that, though, but to understand that we're going through the exact same thing some 60 years later. Yep. The exact same things. We got black bodies being hung. We yep. got black bodies being mutilated and killed by police. Mm-hmm. We got we still battling systemic racism sixty years later, and these songs captured that. Yeah, that's did. amazing. And so that's why I'm suggesting that in even nationally, people use these songs. You know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. I'm gonna challenge the, way, the artists. Yeah, the artists of today. Sing these songs. Yes, talk, man. I'm gonna challenge the artists of today, not only to sing these songs, 
but come up with some of your own. Yeah, and we're not talking music. about mumble rap. No, I, I mean not dissing mumble rap. It, it has its place. Hey, it does. Little baby did pretty good. He did. Recently. He did do pretty good. Little baby did pretty good. He did do pretty good. I can't but deny that. I we need music that's, that has substance that's gonna stand. Right. That's what truthfully, that's what this generation is really lacking. We we don't have the music, you know, that we look down sixty years from, and I'll be like, you know what? What was he thinking when he wrote this? I went on Instagram mm. and I tagged and kind of put out there like, hey, we need another Black Man United. Okay. Yeah. You would know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that was about, you know, black on black violence and everything. And, right. But it was a it was a it was showing the climate of the time. And I and I tagged everybody in that post and was like, hey, we we kinda need another one. Y'all yes. need to come on. Cause most of y'all still alive. I think the only person from that group is not alive is maybe Levert. Right. But everybody else is still kicking, still doing music. And then I tagged Jada. I said, hey, man, we need another why. Yeah. Wow. Like, we really need another why. Because a lot of times the younger kids, and I say that like I'm old, but the, the people that are under me, they don't get excited about the the music. Right. No. Everything, everything is a flash in the pan. Everything is make money now. Not understanding that if you actually go ahead and be, be an artist and be an artist that thinks just beyond uh, the now, mm-hmm. and you can get your stuff to stand the test of time, like say uh, Sam Cooke or mm-hmm. Curtis Mayfield, people, people are, are going to continue playing that song forever. That would, that song would never die down. Yeah, these right. songs that we're playing today will never die. No, it's they're timeless, immortal. Yes, they're like the Highlander. They are. The phone lines are open. I said I wasn't going to say it anymore. Eight five zero two two one zero three nine six. Eight five zero two two one zero three nine six. Call in and vent. So I didn't call anybody, but I did text somebody. Does that count? Yeah, it does. I said, "Wake up, everybody! <laughs> no more sleeping in bed." Holly, <laughs> I want to read this right, right quick. Hi, Holly. I used to go to church with her back in Indianapolis. Okay. She said, as a, as a white woman who was always served the black community. Talking to the mic. Served served the black community, whether in church, work experience, or just growing up in the same neighborhood, I thought I was educated on culture, history, etc. I found out that I wasn't. I encouraged my white community and other cultures to do the same. Do some heavy research outside of experiences, other people's stories, medias, what they want you to believe in Google. We can't truly support and stand if we're not educated. The answer lies within the word. And if we just go back and listen to MLK, Noble uh, Peace Speech, it would be completely it would completely bless us. There are answers that we have been seeking for in it. Love you, bro. Be blessed. Thank you, Holly. Can you paraphrase that? Because I don't know why. <laughs> know your damn it history. Didn't click. <laughs> it didn't click into my Basically head. what she was saying. Holly, Holly is a white woman, okay. and she she was talking to the white community, basically saying that she's been around black folk basically her whole life, and she, you know, what she what she was stating is that she thought she knew some things, and then she realized that she didn't. She went back and did some research, and she pointed to MLK, MLK's uh, Noble Peace Speech, mm-hmm. and she was like, "This the answers lies within you know the history, okay, and and actually learning." More mm-hmm. and she, she she was just saying it's important that we learn, you know, mm-hmm. not just what they want us to learn 
mm-hmm. or what they, you know, their narrative. It's important to really know the history and learn the history. I understand. I got it. Thank and you. And I, I challenge not just the people from the Caucasus Mountains. I challenge <laughs> everybody. I, I mean, honestly, I, I, I even challenge us. Yeah. Our yeah. history, and this, this has, has been, been said many times, and it needs to keep being said. Our history, our history did not. I repeat, did not start in slavery. Right. It did oh, not. Oh, that's true. We need slavery. True. We think, might have to keep talking about it. True. I think somebody. I think somebody said it. I, I can't. I, I hate it. My memory's so bad. They said that slavery was just an interruption of our of our history. Right. We really need to understand that. Right. Uh, and we do. Yeah, because the civil rights movement. That is true. Was pushing us to know ourselves and know our worth. Right. And we need to continue on that on that we path. Do. We definitely, so. we definitely do. And I want to make mention of this real quick. Um, last night during the show, I, I asked everybody where they're from, and Georgia. one one of uh, one of the brothers was from Trinidad that we had on the show. That was V. Mm-hmm. And I, we were talking about Juneteenth and how different parts of the world have their own date that they were deemed free or got their freedom and in trinidad it's different now we got another brother in here dread eye dread eye where you from Ooh, ooh, i know this one no i don't he's getting a mic y'all he's getting a mic y'all he's getting sorry sorry i apologize dread eye is our dj and engineer and our brother yeah i'm from the virgin islands he's from the virgin islands where what what is their date that they celebrate uh, their emancipation? Well, we weren't really emancipated. We was bought when um Denmark sold when Denmark sold to the um US okay. because we were strategic island that goes straight from if you come like in the middle of the Virgin Islands, you got straight shot to Cuba. Okay. So when they bought us, we were freed. Okay, so Damn. they're still looking for their emancipation. Now no, we already freed. You free? Okay, you already free. Okay. So I'm trying, like I said, I'm trying, I'm trying to see, that's the thing. I'm trying to learn that particular history because right. guess what? That's our history. That's our history. Yeah. That is our history. That's why I had you. That's why I asked you. I know Dread Eyes like, man, I ain't want to talk about it, but I, mean, I wanted you to talk about it because that again is our history. Right. Yep. We, we need to understand our history just outside of the U.S. Yeah. Because we got history all up and down the Caribbean. We got history over in Africa. We got history all over the place. On the this moon. is our history. And so it's imperative that we learn it. It's absolutely imperative. Thank you, Jada. I appreciate that. Thank you, buddy. They tried to erase us. They did. They could. But you can't rub this black off. Yeah. Did you? You, can't. you, you know they tried to like what is it? Uh, they tried to like break the noses off of different things and say, yeah. "Oh, it's too black." So but it's you crazy. know, I'm. T- I was tired of talking about you know the protesting and stuff like that. Yeah. Because you know it's kind of depressing, but you know with us talking today, I think we probably might need to continue this because you know a well, lot of people don't know like like we we do a lot of talk about civil rights mm-hmm. and stuff. But you're right. So where were we before civil rights, or where were we before slavery? We need to talk about that. We could, hell, we could talk about not even that far. Uh, is it Jack Johnson, the first um, African American heavyweight um, boxer? Heavyweight boxer? Mm-hmm. And I want to say he owns the patent to like the monkey wrench or something like that. Yeah. And then they tried to make it a joke 
by saying a monkey wrench. Yeah. I mean, our history is 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 like it's deep. It's in depth. It's deep. Just like a lot of people don't realize that Egypt is in Africa. <laughs> that and that's amazing to me. Get the hell out What's of here. What's up, Jedi? Yeah, that's another thing too. You know, it's like Egypt is in Africa, right? Right. It's right. Antip Africa, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And I said this in the last show. Yep. The Library of Alexandria was in Egypt. Alexandria's in Egypt. Yeah. Right. And that's where all all the knowledge, right? Yep. And so if all that stuff came in Egypt, so that means that... Right. Mm. Yep. Black folk. Because, I mean, when you look at um, the enlightenment of... Uh, you know, I'll veer away from Martin Luther King. The enlightenment of Malcolm X. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It was when he went when he took his trip across, he understood that the Islamic, you know, community was far bigger. Yeah. Than just, you know, African Americans. True, mm-hmm. because when you when they go when they go when they go to the Hajj, because every every Muslim have to make a Hajj mm-hmm. in one in their lifetime. Right. And when you go there, man, it's totally different. It's Muslims all around the world that come there mm-hmm. and it's they are Muslims. It's no different fractions or nothing like that. It's just you're Muslim. Right, and that's the thing is that when in if you ever check it out in the in the movie, when he went to when he went to when he took his Hajj, that's when he started becoming enlightened because it's like, wow, all these different color people are here and they're under one religion as a Muslim, and we're here in peace. Mm-hmm. And that's a powerful thing because then it changes you you change your thought because it's mm-hmm. like, why am I here, and I'm, I'm not feel threatened. But when I come to home, I feel threatened. And, and it's crazy how Malcolm started off extremely militant, mm-hmm. and as he as he grew and became enlightened, he became more peaceful. But the flip side of that is MLK started off peaceful, and he was growing more and more militant. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But if you look at the funny thing about it. Malcolm is always portrayed as the militant one. Exactly. By the phrase, by any means Means necessary. necessary. He did not mean that in the way that people try to perceive it as. Exactly. He was merely saying, look, you know, we can can make this easy or we can make this difficult. Right. But we're willing to go any way we need to. But we would prefer to just say, hey, look, give us our just due. Right. We'll go ahead about ourselves peacefully. But if you want to buck, we Nuck. can tame your ass. Oh, like, tame your mind. <laughs> Nuck if you buck. Yeah. I mean, so it's, right. it's this funny. This is a save uh, show, sir. Yeah, that's why I said, well, technically, I, <laughs> in the Bible, I'm just you know, I. <laughs> you can say what you want to, but I just messing with him. Uh, what's our next song? Charles Mingus. Woo! Original Fabus Fables. This one right here is another jazz cut. And it was talking about Alabama's governor at the time, Fabus. I just want to add something about the um, about um, the Virgin Islands. Okay. Right. Um, we was we were we were ruled by Denmark. Okay. Okay. And Denmark emancipated the slaves in 1848. 1848. Okay. Right. Denmark was the first nation to prohibit transatlantic slave transport in 1803. So that's what I was saying. Like we were already free. Okay. You know, so when they virgin, when they just came about us, we were like, okay, we just thought we 
U.S. You okay. know, yeah. we were born okay. we were born Americans. You know, right? Okay. That's that's again, again, that's history. That's the stuff we need to know. Yeah, I indeed. appreciate that. If you, I, I have to say this where we take this little break because, like, I, this Uh-oh. is just so funny to me. Uh, but if you zoom in good on a twenty dollar bill, you can see them about to sign that second stimulus check, and then they got the <laughs> they got the picture. And uh, they got it circled. I mean, I don't know why that was so funny to me. Should have never gave you money. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's the name of the song again? The name of the song is by Charles Mingus, Original Fabus Fables.
right. And that was Charles Mingus. Song is called Fables of Fabius. It's about a racist governor of Arkansas, Orville Fabius, who infamously ordered the Arkansas National Guard to prevent black students from enrolling in Central High School in 1956. So, we've heard of, I'm sure that was a very, very famous uh, situation that happened uh, in Arkansas where they were trying to integrate the school yeah. at Central High School. And uh, Disney, it's called the Ernest Green Story. Disney made a movie about it. Uh, and matter of fact, it was, uh, what's his name? What is his name? My mind just went blank just that fast. Um, <coughs> Ernest Pugh? No, really? You want to go gospel on me? Uh, what is his name? Oh, shoot. He's a very famous uh, black actor. All the women just swoon over him. Hemingway? Shut up. <laughs> uh, man, I can't. Man, my mind just went blank. It's, it's fine, Carlos. Shoot. We're not used to doing two-hour shows, so. Really? <laughs> shut, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Are y'all going to call in? <laughs> hey, man, y'all going to have. I feel uh, so sad. sad. <laughs> Well, I, I will let you know this right here. So, on the live stream on um, on the WPMM uh, app, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, on the live stream, I will let you know this. Um, there was someone that chimed in that said that um, in the Philippines there was a place in Sebic. I don't know. I don't know if I'm Morris saying Chestnut, it right. Morris Chestnut. That's who. who played um, Sebic okay. Philippines that had some of the best. Soul food you can think of. Okay. Here locally? No, it, it was in the Philippines. In the uh, Philippines. Yeah, I, I just went backwards because they oh, were I chiming see. in on the on yeah. the live feed on there. So Yeah. And then we also had someone to say that the historical district of Birmingham is eye-opening. So that echoes what you were saying about making sure you get out, take your kids, and say, hey, yeah. look, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's real in the field, man, and we have our history, you know, Right now, we have it to where we can actually catalog, look at it, and pass it on. So, And then think about Dylan Roof, who walked in and shot those parishioners. You know, so... Killed nine people. It, it's still yeah. going on. So, you know, so, so, Civil Rights Movement Part 2, maybe it's just a... Maybe Civil Rights Movement never stopped. As we know it. And now that things have been, again, brought back to the forefront, um, I believe things are a little different this time around because we are challenging different institutions. (laughs) What's up, V, man? We're challenging different institutions, you know, at the root. Um, Again, not just, just, you know, um, protesting. To, you know, just to have our our thoughts and our you know voice heard, we're protesting now with more of a purpose because systematic racism. The only way we're going to be able to get that out of there is systematically. We're going to have to attack those those areas yeah. that that is still infiltrated. Right. And uh, another thing is that we've hit back this time. You know. Yeah. That that that's that's the difference. You know, we we shoot back. You're not just going to sit there and, you know, 
Yes, sir. And also, one more thing. Just wanted to say, um, shouts out to Yolanda Ortiz. Okay. She's um, checking in on um, Facebook Live, and she made the comment that said, we are descendants of royalty. Um, and if she's still listening, just to let her know, we did post a number, because she asked to post a number, so uh, feel free to call in now. Please call in. Call Please. In. We want you to call Kim, in. Vin you know, that's Dunn. a James, about whatever you want to talk man. about. I, that's a James Brown call song. call in 850-221-0396. That again, 850-221-0396. You, you know you don't have to pay for long distance, so just call. <laughs> hey, y'all remember when we used to have to pay for that? Man, man. listen. Listen, call me, call me after nine, bro. I'm for real. And then they Wait until like seven. 905. I remember I had a, my mama, she whooped my butt from here to kingdom come. <laughs> I ran up a $700 bill Ooh. because I, my girlfriend lived in Chattanooga and I lived at not in Knoxville at the time. And, mm. you know, that's like an hour away. Right. So yeah. just an hour away, I ran up that bill so much and she broke up with me. Dang. Yeah. I ran up the $700 bill. <laughs> hey, I want to chime in on what you said earlier. Um, mm-hmm. See, right now it's like, they heard the sto- like the kids this generation now heard the stories from we heard the stories from the great grand the great great grandparents. Right. Then it came to the great grandparents, then the grandparents to us. Now they living in it, living in it now. And it's like that's like what close to what, 150, 200 years. Yeah. Of hearing the same story. Yes. So what do you think? Like what Tupac give the best analogy is like, you see a, you outside of a outside of a place and they have all this food. And you outside hungry, and you're like, hey, you going to them, man, can I please have some food? And they're looking at you like, no. Wow. And after a while, you come yeah. there every day, and they have food every day. After a year, you're going to be like, man, give me in this beep, 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 and I'm going to take your beep food, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, you know you know what's crazy is, is when you said that, and it's talking about over 200 years. I remember being, when I first started teaching, I started teaching back in 03. And... I remember talking to the kids. I was teaching a majority, uh, all, you know, majority black class at, at, a, at a local high school in Indianapolis. And when I tried to teach them, you know, their history, it, it, happened, it happened to be February, you know, Black History Month. And I tried to, you know, teach them. And they literally asked me, why do we need to learn this? This, this, you know, we're not going through that stuff now. <laughs> and the crazy thing about it is, two years later, every all hell broke loose. Because I mean, and what I mean, what I mean by that was like it became like widespread, like big thing after big thing. It went from you know like Trayvon. What was Trayvon? Trayvon was what fifteen, maybe. 16. Oh, you mean the age? Or I'm sorry. The, the the year that happened. The year that I'm, was what. About about eight years ago now, like I think but there's about, stuff that happened even before then. I can't. My mind won't let me go back to 05. But it seemed like as soon as like we were asking, you know, what's really going on? You know, is racism still alive? I remember that being a prominent conversation, and I'm like, well, yeah, heck yeah, racism is still alive. What you mean? But yeah. the kids then didn't see it. They didn't experience it, and it wasn't like front page news. And then, like I said, boom, things just started happening left and right. And it seemed like from, like, 05, I, I remember Genesis. I remember that. Um, I can't remember what year that was. Um, but 
it just seemed like things just started happening and it was just like boom yeah racism is still alive we still can't stand you we're still gonna kill you we're still gonna do this we're still gonna discriminate it and it was just like now it's like it's not even a question like everybody has experienced racism at some point in time yeah that's mm-hmm. well, crazy well i think that comes I'm sorry. it's not even the, like the racism is the microaggression yeah that's that's the part that gets a lot of people like you know, you walk, you sit on on your porch, and the cops comes up to you like, "Hey, let me search you." Or you walking down the road, and the cop comes up to you and be like, "Hey, what you doing?" Yeah. Or mm-hmm. even like, even like going to the club, you know, they let all everybody in, but then you with your boys, they let like, "Nah, you guys can't come in," but you letting everybody else in. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and even like, like, even if you live, even if you you did well for yourself, and then you live in a nice neighborhood, you have the cops coming in like, um. What you doing here? Yeah. Well, I live here. Let me see. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. No matter what, that little that's that's the thing is the microaggression over the time gets people. That's what's what people be saying. Like you know, they're tired. They're tired because you know we be always looked upon as being the evil ones. We yep. ain't, we ain't up to no good. Right. Always you know, being criminalized. You know, even though you go in a store and you have money in your pocket to buy a candy, they're still looking at you like you pick up the candy. Are you gonna pay for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what I'm saying. The microaggression over, over the time is the that's, that's what build up in everybody right now. Yeah, you know, at one point, and I, and I will say, at one point, I think with with our parents, with the years of our parents, they went through so much pain and strife through the civil rights, and things got a little better. So I think our parents got kind of relaxed, yeah, on teaching, and so. We had the mentality, and I'm, I'm not going to say we, I'm going to say I, at one point, had the mentality that, you know what, we made it. We, I, I'm not going through what my parents went through. Right. So I guess we, we made it because they're not putting, you know, the water hose on us. Right. So that made us relaxed. And when you get relaxed and your enemy see, and I shouldn't say enemy, the people that, if the system see that you're not paying attention to what's going on, the system is going to automatically say okay they're not paying attention let's run some stuff through it real quick let's pass this let's do this let's mm-hmm. do this let's make sure you know we put these people in the office and do this right because they're not paying attention because they think right. they made it right and one thing we have to realize is that we have not reached a mountaintop no no we haven't we no, are we have, only we haven't at, overcome yet yeah we are only at the first summit yeah like this um, i mean i'm just gonna this is my this is my opinion mm-hmm. okay this is my opinion no i i should have said that before i said, what I said. right like everybody talking about this june's june juneteenth thing and everybody's happy and everything right right but we all celebrating started celebrating just recently juneteenth yeah and some people have been celebrating before some people celebrate but at the same time we still got to stay, keep our eyes on the prize. Yes, yeah. you know, yeah. just because they, just because, you know, we got, we got finally get some meat on the bone and they throw it to us. Right. Don't, I don't mean be like, oh, okay, we let's go. No, we need to keep, keep this fire burning. You know, in fact, we need to burn the whole forest down. <laughs> hey, this that's is my opinion. This is America. Did you? Big facts. Hey, what, what's the next song? It was that. This is America on that list at all. Oh no! no that, well, because that's, that, that that's not the going to civil rights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Childish Gambino was back then, <laughs> the time travel is real. The, <laughs> the phone lines are open. Nobody's calling in, so I'm gonna get uh, my homeboy to call in, even though he's standing right there, just so we can have someone on the lines. 
Uh, he, really? he, he, he eating oh, shit to be uh, he, he, fish and grits. So, uh, if you're just tuning in, he ain't even gonna hop on the show. He just came in for the food. Yeah, that's messed up. If you are just tuning in, this is the Brandon and Carlos show, and on today's show, we are talking about music from the civil rights movement. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, we're gonna play another song. All right, so last song was Charles Mingus. What's up? I just want to say these uh, these mics smell very good. I just want to shout out Dread Eye for making the mic smell good. Hey man, they don't smell like church mics. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> they don't smell like uh, like uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, my eyes got wide. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> y'all was on the show last night. Y'all, y'all, would, y'all would know what he was talking about. Oh right my, there. you gotta watch. Y'all you go gotta back check that and show check that out, yo. Man, oh my listen. god, that show was awesome. Miss, listen. So, um. Let's do this. Let's do this. Um, let's go to let's go to uh, Nina Simone again. Young, gifted, and black. Ooh wee! Yo, Nina Simone is dope. I I like her rendition better. <laughs> Whoa. 